0: Welcome to Sonic Talk episode 686, which is uh, streaming live today on Wednesday, the 6th of October uh, 2021. Uh, Remember, you can pick up this audio podcast uh, as well on all good podcast distributions, Alexa, uh, Google, iTunes, all of those places. But also we stream live to Twitch. We also stream live to Facebook Live, which you may be watching now. Uh, But also, if you're interested, there's also a pre-show aspect to this, which uh, you may have uh, interest in and if i plush this little trailer here uh, you'll be able to see that you can get to that via patreon in fact we put a load of stuff on patreon we posted uh an sh1 piece and uh, chris who did that added an extra 44 minutes of content i posted some extras for the hydrosynth deluxe wow. review that came up so you're getting a lot of value this month um, and every month i like to think but uh, all our stuff that goes up to youtube uh um monetized will be posted there ad free so you can kind of skip that and don't have to be annoyed by uh, ads uh, which there will be in this show but these gets edited out and uploaded to patreon there so you know it's all you do get value for money we feel you get at least four videos a month and the other stuff that we do because we're obviously doing the podcast anyway uh welcome everybody this is music technology podcast and uh we're very I'm delighted to actually. We've got him all to ourselves this week. We've only got one guest, so the introductions can be much sl- much shorter. Uh, before I go there, I'm just going to say um, hello to all of our chatties. Nice to see you in there. I hope everything's okay with you. And in fact, our Discord. Uh, our, our, our irc we've now got a new irc address which is live.sonicstate.com uh because we're going to be switching over to an upgraded system with other fancy bits but uh, we needed to change it from a fixed ip to a, just a, a dns entry but anyway let's say hello to bt how are you doing bt i'm
1: fantastic nick it's so good to see you man and i have to say i was so thrilled to see you guys in berlin i i probably watched like 85 to 90 percent of the content you guys shot in berlin um it was just so exciting to see an event like that yeah. happening um you know we miss nam so much my wife and i were just talking about we got the i'm sure you got the the email too they're saying like a summer nam yeah but, j- um, june, yeah june yeah is right so we're like yes i can't wait to be there on a segue um just missed it so much but we're great man we're great so yeah it's really nice to see you
0: well, it's good to be here. But uh, yeah, you're right about Supermove. I mean, the sense of event. And I think the one thing that we we felt when we were there uh, was that because we were able to basically post videos really fast and really up, it really kind of created a more of a, se- a, a global vibe to uh, what is a, a, essentially a national event. And it, it made us kind of realise that... The stuff that we and other media's do is really important to these kind of smaller, tightly focused events. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what Nam mm-hmm. transpires because I think it, while there'll be plenty of American visitors, I wonder how big the international visitors will be because I don't know what it's going to be like until you know until closer to the time. I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know. I mean, have you been yeah. traveling internationally or are you keeping it sort of uh, inside we the? We haven't. Yeah.
1: No, we have. We haven't. And and on, you know, I have so many friends uh, that. That have started back up, and and this isn't no sort of fud here or anything like that. I think probably at a point, um, you know, it's why we need to take our vitamins and and what have you. You know, even vaccinated, I think probably at a point, it's highly like high likelihood that many of us will experience this this uh, stupid thing that we have yeah. just amongst us now. Um, And so, yeah, I do have friends that have started traveling and have, and thankfully every single one of them has been okay. But I have three friends that have started doing shows again um, that have gotten COVID out of probably 10 friends. And so um, I just, (laughs) honestly, I'm like, I'm fairly, I mean, you and I have hung out. It's, I'm weirdly introverted. Like I love going out and doing shows. I miss it a lot. Um, I particularly miss things like Nam but I've gotten to spend so much time in the studio and work on these sort of bucket list projects that it's been a blessing in many ways for us. So Mm. um, yeah, no international travel. We were gonna go to Amsterdam dance event, but of course it's canceled for people that aren't Dutch. So um, first big show will be uh, EDC in Vegas in uh, next, next month. I think it is.
0: Right, okay.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean,
0: you've got plenty of country to travel around. I mean, it's not like you're in in a tiny little island. So, you know, you've got options. You have got options. (laughs) But I suppose we're we're sort of pussyfooting around the fact that uh, you've actually just released another album, which is a big deal in itself. You know, I mean, I know you're very prolific, but this album is obviously kind of a big deal. In fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. I'm going to prep. i'm gonna press that you did a little video on instagram which kind of explains it probably mm-hmm. better than i will so if i start with that maybe that's the best the best thing to do so i just need to get my link sorted out so okay
1: i'm bt welcome to Metaverse. metaversal is my 14th artist album conceived from the ground up as a blockchain experience. It's represented as 200,000 lines of living code in audio reactive art, as physical fine art sculptures from the waveforms of the songs themselves, as beautiful bespoke white vinyl box sets, and coolest of all, Metaversal is a cryptographic treasure hunt for you to solve. My entire life, I've been fascinated with the idea of musical encryption. In fact, so much so, I've been hiding things in my composition, starting with Ema. It's been incredible to watch over the years people find these Easter eggs and to understand the actual hidden subtext and meaning to some of these songs. I wanted to take this and formalize it into a gamified experience where fans could play to earn. One of one NFTs that could be had no other way. I can't wait for you and I to take this journey together. This
2: is Metaverse.
0: Right. That's the kind of elevator pitch. And I think you did a really good job there, though. I've got to say, BT, well, I mean, it's about time you invested in a decent microphone for your your stuff. I mean, come on. Come on
1: man i'll tell you what shooting on a dslr you know my wife my wife and i did that together um and shooting on a dsl it's so funny you mentioned that we absolutely are going to get a lavier mic for our our dslr we need it so bad i'm sat there with rx trying to clean up those (laughs) canon 5d videos it's just a nightmare we're definitely going to do that so um yeah
0: Get, I'll tell habit. you what to what to get. Uh, try get one of the Rode Go mics. Go mic two is really good. We use that. All, that's all oh, wow. we used at Superbooth, and we were expecting it because it's here and it's omni, but it was okay. really. It's it, it, I don't know what kind of special source they've got in there, but it's got some DSP that really tightly focuses it on the voice. It's a really good. Wow. Mic. Yeah, really good. Amazing.
1: Mic. It rode, It's Rode. Which one is it?
0: Go mic two. Um, it's going go like two, and you, you, cause you get a pair of them and one receiver. So you can have two mics going in so you can do, you know, double interviews or just use one or whatever. They're really, really good though. Really good. And they record Amazing. onto internal memory as well, apparently, which we only discovered it's a nightmare to get it off, but it's just a backup just in case the, it gets screwed gotcha. up. Gotcha. But yeah. But yeah, anyway, my,
1: my <laughs> Sony field recorders. No, I love it, man. <laughs> That's what we're here for it's to talk nerdy. Um, my, uh, Sony field recorders, uh, it's same is like sometimes it will it will record internally, and it, thankfully that's pretty easy to get off there, but yeah. So, um, point taken. I like your notes, Nick, always. <laughs>
0: <It's> great. <laughs> it's so, great. I mean, it's been a trip. I mean, because obviously you must have been spending all this time talking about the whole, you know, the concept and selling, because I mean, this is something that we noticed last time you were on, and you were talking about the Genesis uh, JSON album. It's mm. very polarizing. NFTs are really polarizing, and for some reason, people get really uppity and uptight about it. They're, they're kind of I, I I'm curious why that is because in many ways you know we've spent the last 20 years devaluing our digital assets you know so our music has become just nothing it's kind of you know free right. almost and yet you know doing what you're doing which is essentially kind of claiming back some ownership of that digital stuff seems to really upset a lot of people and I don't, and I'm not not because they they think it should be free but because may I, and I wonder why that is I wonder how, whether you've created whether you've experienced much pushback on this whole kind of journey that you've been on
1: uh, you know we, I, I hear those sort of things, and you you hear that kind of out in culture. and um, I came prepared today, a very interesting factoid, you know, because there's a lot of one of the big pushbacks you get on the carbon footprint of decentralization blockchain technologies, if you combine Google and Facebook products, it has a larger carbon footprint than not just NFTs. But the blockchain bitcoin every part of decentralization all wrapped up in a ball so we're having this conversation on youtube and that has a m- more significant carbon impact than the blockchain uh, than all the blockchains combined right so it's a very interesting point to note so why do i think that there's this and um, by the way we can do better and we should do better and that's what a lot of the layer two solutions not to get into all of that are in, um, in uh, these kind of decentralized web 3.0 technologies is looking for solutions that are not proof of work, which uses computation, but we, what we call proof of stake. Um, and so th- people are solutioning these things in real time. I mean, as with a project like Metaversal, you know, people are making up things literally in real time. I mean, at, at its core, this, this whole record was me saying Pushing back on the idea that music doesn't have value anymore, I don't believe that. I refuse to. I refuse to live in a world where um, the arts don't have value. I think they have tremendous value. Um, they shape formatively uh, people's perspective. They help us to heal. They help us to communicate without words. Both art and music, they have tremendous, palpable, tangible value and um i i refuse a world that says otherwise and so you know in many ways this is a reaction Hmm. to the sort of abusive culture of the music business you know i think that um the music industry this is i mean it's gotten really bad over the last 10 years but from its kind of inception us calling it a business has had this this uh culture of objectification of artists and um this is the first time in history where artists can disintermediate the middleman. So, what do I mean when I'm s- saying that? I don't need a record. I don't need a manager. I don't need Spotify at all. Oh. This record's not on Spotify. It's not on Apple Music. This record is wrapped in a 200,000 line of code um, engine. That there it lives is.
0: Plays in a web browser.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly, and that will be there way after my lifetime. It's not hosted in some web domain. It's notably redundant over millions of computers. So, um, and it has provable value. Someone wanted to own that, and they bought it outright. So, it we're really in this cool, brave new, new, new world in many ways. And so, you know, I feel a lot of my calling currently is hipping musicians. Artists, young producers. I mean, Nick, dude. I have kind of WhatsApp threads going with people. Every single, every single person listening to this would know every single one of these people on some several of the WhatsApp threads I'm on. Uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, whether it's film guys or it's uh, you know, dance music folks, and all of them are saying to me privately, "Please teach me what this is. This is incredible. What you've done." I need to understand this. I like, think that's partly that's partly me.
0: it, isn't it? It's sort of lack of understanding, and I, I'm totally guilty about it as well. I, I mean, just just rewinding a little bit there. I mean, the creative aspect of it. I mean, because that's the thing that I'm also find interesting because I can I can watch and listen to you know the album here in the browser, but I can't mm. I can't get to it any other way. And I find that's really interesting. So how do you know whether it's, I mean, because obviously you sell the digital rights to all the, you know, the NFTs that are associated with each track or the, the artwork. How do you mm. know how well it's doing? I mean, do you get feedback? Do you get statistics coming back at you from, you know, pe- I guess people, you get web stats about people who show up and watch it in the web browser. I mean, how do you measure how good it's, how well it's gone, other than the initial sale?
1: think about the question that we're asking and how we're framing it okay it's like this is this is the exact sort of conversation i'm excited to have with you nick because you're such uh and not blowing smoke either man you're a really thoughtful look at things very deeply um as are you know the other co-hosts of the show and people that are on here regularly it, and i think if we really it's kind of that, like, uh, almost like a religious moment or like a very intense psychedelic moment where push back off the framework of how you typically look at things. Think about the question we're even asking, right? How right. do you, how do you tell extrinsically its success? It's a remarkable question actually, right? That we even like, it's our go-to it's kind of like, this is again, what I mean by this kind of Truman show sort of th- the matrix sort of objectification of artists were immediately looking outwards. Immediately. Okay. Well, yeah,
0: okay. But, okay, but, right, but like, I mean, let's not pretend that creativity isn't linked to ego with a small E in lots of ways. You know, it's about projection. It's about being accepted. There is a certain amount of that. And, and you, one likes to measure it. I mean, previously, you know, before sales, you go do a gig, the audience scream and shout and go, I love it. And you get that, and I suppose that the, the digital, the, the, the statistical side of it is the, is the kind of equivalent we get our endorphins, you know, meta endorphins or whatever, you know, via that way. I suppose if that's not too kind of a uh, hippie way of putting it.
1: You, you're, you're, to, you're totally right. It's like, a, it's almost like a mainlined version of what real feedback is, is talking to people and them saying, hey, man, this piece of music really moved me. This is beautiful i put this on at a pivotal moment in my life uh this helped me and my uh this helped me meet my wife you know uh so and so gave birth to this song like stories music is actually about not likes and you know little bubbles going off and all these kind of things it's wild to see facebook down we could go into that for a long time i suppose um but I think that just pushing back off the can asking that question like what is music for and mm. how do you tell it successful Those are the big sort of questions that uh that, that i want to have so how i can tell how i can tell you that i feel like this project is successful is it's been received by my peers, right such in praise and accolades like they actually get what it is right so and, And when they haven't, they've asked. And so like, I've had these very deep, long conversations with some good friends and peers, and they're curious. It's like, to me, that's like, we crossed the finish line of success. They're like, wait, you put this out. It's in a software engine on the blockchain. You made sculptures out of audio waveform that you can scan with your phone. And like, it's not on Spotify and someone bought it. I don't understand. Please explain this to me. This is freaking bananas, right. And so I think that um, how we can start to gauge things the metrics of the metric of success to be if we're gonna look at things like numbers, the numbers are going to be way, way smaller, right? Because people are now interested in limited ownership, or like, you know, provenance driven owner. So like they, it's provable ownership, of digital assets which is like after going through and you were there too man um you know after living through the napster into itunes era and it's like anything can be copied infinity times for someone to say oh here's a pointer and this points at this thing and it says this one is the real one which is all an nft is it's a tokenized pointer yeah right at something and it says this is the real one and somebody says oh that's cool i want to own the real one like that's a kind of brain-breaking thing that, um, you know, kids that play Fortnite, they 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 think we're stupid that we don't get that, right? Like I have trouble wrapping my head around it, but they're like, oh, dude, I'll pay fifty dollars for an, a, uh, you know, an avatar. I'll pay sixteen bucks for a sword, whatever. Like that's right. totally makes sense to them, you know. So I think that, um, I think moving forward that uh, it's gonna take some sort of generational acceptance is a part of it. But I think yeah. the younger generations, they won't, this will be so normal to them. You know, the Gen Zers they won't, there won't be another way, right? Like they will be their own record label. They will be their own manager. They will form a community. That's a Dow with their audience. These will be normal things in the future.
0: Totally normal. Mm, Interesting. I think, uh, yeah, I I mean, I I, I get that and I appreciate the uh, um, explanation of that. I think I want to try and and focus on some of the creative aspects of what's been going on in this as well and the music, you know, the music, the stuff you actually made, you know, because like I say, I think we need to talk about this, but I think... I want to get into some of the nitty gritty of that. But before we do, and I feel kind of crass doing that now we've been talking about commercialism and everything. No, I love it. (laughs) Here's here's a message from our sponsors
2: (laughs) 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 Isotope Producers Club is a one of a kind membership for producers ready to take their tracks to the next level. Once you join, you'll gain access to powerhouse Isotope plugins and a curated selection of tools from our partners, such as Melodyne from Celimony. Plus, as long as you're a member, you'll get every future update to the Isotope plugins in your membership for no extra cost. We'll also regularly serve you new curated content like exclusive inspiration sparking sample packs and preset packs and industry leading training ranging from our own tutorials to vocal production lessons from the world renowned Berkeley Online, taught by Grammy winning producer and engineer Prince Charles Alexander. With new content being added every month, full of valuable production techniques, tips and tricks, and solutions to common production problems, becoming a member is an investment in your career that grows as you and your career do. For more information on Isotope Producers Club, head to isotope.com.
0: And of course, you, if you head over to isotope.com forward slash sonic talk, you get to the special landing page and uh, there's a link there to start a free trial so you can get a month up front, uh, which you can cancel after 30 days and check it out. Um, there's also the music producers, uh, music production suite Uh and also, I forget the name of the other one. I really should read my notes better. But uh, we do thank them very much for their uh, support of the show. It's much appreciated. So one thing I was really interested in, BT, is about, about the way that the album came together, because... Um, it it has got a really. I mean, it sounds great. There's a real depth and Thank weight you, to man. it in terms of the mix. And you, can, it sounds like. I mean, I'm hoping I'm right about this. It sounds like there's a lot of analog in there. But you're probably now going to tell me no. It's all in the box. Oh no. Where? No. Where'd, no. Where'd, I'm not. <laughs> oh. Okay. Great. <laughs> yeah.
1: No. It's a hundred percent analog. So it is. This, this uh, Metaversal has such a cool story. For this is for YouTube. Before we start and i don't know if you noticed it yet that creation that you see when you open the metaversal engine if you see my logo in the bottom left if you click on that um it will take you to the playlist and the songs actually change during the day there's a totally new version of the album that plays at night and every full lunar cycle, the album plays completely differently. There's three totally bespoke different versions of this album, oh. all baked into that software engine. It's part of what's really special about it. But uh, so the, what you've probably heard are the daytime versions of, of the album also too, there's a,
0: yeah, ah, there we uh, go and right.
1: check it out that, that button, the, the bottom left button, click that. Ah. Yeah, so this is the gallery mode, and in the gallery mode, every day of the week has a different uh, gallery page. These are the actual NFTs themselves that these incredible artists, David Gao and Casper Cloudham, uh, did. The whole engine, too, um, has all these Easter eggs in it that was this insane cryptographic treasure hunt. But we're not going to go into that. We're going to talk about the record because we're going to nerd out about music. I haven't gotten (laughs) to do that about this record. So, um so it happened in a really special way, Nick, and you know my affinity for analog synth. I mean, clearly where I'm sitting, it's like the analog synth palace, right? I've been you know, uh, collecting um, since I could mow lawns when I was a kid and got my first you know, Juno 106. So um, I love analog synthesizers. I also love all the modern stuff as well too. But when we are building this room, um, it was, you know, a dusty mess, uh, you know, with cables, you know, strewn all over the place. It took three years. I've never worked in a sound treated room ever in, I mean, I've worked in sound treated rooms many times in a studio, but I've never had one. Right. I've always worked in like a closet, you know, that's like rings to like, you know, uh, you know, middle a right. Or like, a, you know, a basement, um, bedroom. And so, um, we, we saved up, you know, and we said, we're going to build, um, my dream room where I could put all my synths in it. I would have to pop from storage to like, yo, you know, use the Jupiter Eight and then put it back up. And so we finally said, we're going to build a room. So it took us three years, believe it or not, to build this room. We went through two contractors. It was a, a nightmare. Anybody that's done that, my God, it's like, it's you know oh and and not like poor me i'm so blessed this is my dream working um but it was a really hard project so while that was happening um you can't see it but adjacent to this room is my shop right and my shop is i literally can touch both walls you can see it in that video um so you can touch both walls in my shop with your hands just by that's how small it is it's a very long it's got the hvac at the end of it it's got a workbench in there and it's where, when, you know, the profit five, in fact, I got to pull the profit five to do this. I've got that filter upgrade for it. Um, but you know, when I need to mod something or a cap blows or whatever, I pull it in there I've got an oscilloscope and a solder and a desoldering iron. And I just, you know, put on some Depeche work on it. It's like the most (laughs) fun thing ever. And so while this, um, while this room was being built, uh, you know, I didn't have a space to work. And I'm, so I'm like in the in the house, you know, on top of my whole family, animals everywhere, it's chaos in there, and I'm working at laptop. Um, laptop. My, my wife said to me, she was like, why don't you put your electric piano out in the shop? You know, it, it might fit. And so I took my CP70, which is probably my favorite electromechanical instrument. I thought I heard it's some on ever- there
0: as well. There's definitely some on the album, isn't there?
1: Oh Nick, it's on the. It's literally on the entire record. It's throughout. That is a really specific character on this record. I took the CP70. I had an old Boss CE2 chorus pedal, right? Classic. Um Even tied black hole, yeah. And um, uh, and a, a really old, um, like eighty-two banged up live console that we used for touring at some points. I mean, pots falling off it. I mean, it's it's not tidy we'll say that I put it on top of the electric piano and then suddenly my broken synths that were leaned up against the walls I was like "What if I just put it on a little a-frame and then suddenly it's like oh you know my MPC 60 is all wrapped up right now because it was going to go in this room I'll put that in there and then when when it all really started to become like my shop is like this second room was when I pulled um my first computer, it's a computer that I used to do. I did EMA. My full first was done on this computer. Um, I did some of my early remixes like Seal and Madonna on right. this computer. It's a IBM, for anyone that wants to look it up, I'm going to give you it its full name. It's an IBM PS2 model P70 lunchbox. It's a 386 and has no internet, right? Is an orange a monochrome screen, no mouse, okay? I can work this computer with my eyes closed. I forgot how good I was with it. And the program I use on that computer is Sequencer Plus Gold that was made by Voyatra. You're saying you did
0: did this album on that then, right? I did the
1: entire album is improvised using the CP70, that Voyatra setup, an MPC and a handful of half-working synths. That's the whole album.
0: Wow, that's really good. so. What did you record to then? Because I mean, obviously there is evolutions, and it, and it may be explained because this is the other question I was going to ask. There's a lot of ostinato sequences going through it. Were they starting yes. points, or did they get? Were they the? That's what the some of the things could do. So that's what was running. You know, you you they were through necessity maybe rather than through uh, uh, um, p- through planning.
1: Yeah, you, you're totally Nick. You're so spot on and very. So- very sweet observation those ostinatos many of them functioned like a metronome i didn't even have headphones in there so (laughs) um so i'm not i'm totally serious so so first of all what what did i record to to start with and the last two songs on the album that are um that are they remind me sort of of like uh you know like a a peter gabriel kind of b-side right where it's literally it's cp70 and some of these ostinatos um those last two songs are um recorded to a zoom field recorder it's all i had to record to so the but the rest okay the other nine i recorded to a friend of mine a dear friend of mine um i would love to give him a shout out his name is jeff coper um, it's where his place is where we recorded the All Hail the Silence record. He lent me, which I eventually bought from him, an Elis, uh old Alesis rack mount 24 track. Oh, um, ah, the HDR. I, could, I
0: remember them, yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, and and I and this thing is like it's incredible because you literally just flick your finger across it, put it in record, and off you go. And you just do what you're gonna do. So i love that you asked about the ostinatos i've got an mc202 um, on one side of the room and like i said you can literally touch both the walls i got a 202 up here on an a-frame um i invite everyone to to, like watch a couple instagram clips back because my wife actually captured me in 45 minutes writing a full song um, called where the sun meets the sea that entire song we i've never this has never happened in my entire catalog of music we actually captured the writing, recording, and mixing process, the oh, entire right. thing was done. Um, so, but yeah, it's like the MC202, to answer your question on the Autos, MC202 and a Juno 6, um, those two things feature really prevalently, and I'm like reached across the room playing the filters. So much so, I actually put a CV pedal under but the is that, the is that this? piano. Yes, that's it. That's ah, it. You can see c-
0: yeah, that's, that's the setup
1: right there. Yeah, that's it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so that's,
2: that's how Gina. the whole,
1: whole thing happened. I'll tell you, you know, we talk a lot on this show, and I know that you guys focus a lot on, you know, some of the cool new Eurorack stuff and set-top boxes, like little jam boxes. I You guys sold me one when you were at Superbooth. I bought one of those black boxes, which, by the way, wow, that thing is cool. Um, but we talk a lot about this idea of of dawlessness, right like uh you know dawless. I hear that I see that as a tag on Instagram yeah man there was something so liberating about being there without the internet without you know um email notifications I wouldn't even bring my my phone out there I would just take a coffee out put it on the piano bench and sit down put the things in record and make a piece of music and not think about like what style it was going to be where it was going to go, if it was going to go on some record. I just wrote music, like, literally from my heart, just sat there, kind of like, you know, you would write in a journal, and that's how this entire process happened, the whole thing.
0: Interesting. There's a lot... I did notice also there's quite... There's a lot of... 80s components in it I'm particularly in the drum fills and the percussion and I was thinking I have this image of you standing behind with maybe a smoke machine or two behind a set of kind of hexagon (laughs) pads doing some of those fills because some of them are like really vibey and just sort of they sound very human rather than programmed so uh, please tell me I'm right
1: (laughs) so well you are kind of right so I do in fact have a single Simmons of white mind you which is really cool that like kind of lacquery white uh simmons uh um uh drum pads and i actually during the time of making this um found locally something that i literally wanted my entire life and um we drove like two and a half hours to go and get it somebody had an sdsv and it was like
0: they used it it's insane proper analog one yeah
1: oh yeah and i mean Uh. that's that sound you can once you know that you can you can hear it. And a lot of those I did, uh, there, there is some live stuff, um, uh, on there. So it's like, there's a bit of a kind of one man band sort of, thing. like I said, I ended up having to put pedals under the electric piano for the filters of several. I, I literally modded the two Oh two about halfway through this process. So it had a CV uh, filter input so I could control the Juno six and the, um, you know, the MC202 filters while playing the piano, because it's not like a bunch of, mm. I mean, there is little, I, you know, I mixed it properly after the fact. So there's a little trickery here and there, but for the most part, this entire record is, was just a, a big jam, uh, improvisation.
0: Interesting. So were you, I know, I know some, of the, some of the kick drums as well sound very period and they're not like, you're, you're you're going back to some of your earlier work you know they're not like full-on 909 stuff there's quite a lot of slap to the front of them as well are you were you using some of old classic based kick drums in there as well for sure yeah
1: one of the things um that i was really excited about with my mpc another dear friend of mine he is, his name is garth any sampler nerds out there will know all about chicken systems translator yes uh I garth know, yeah. is Yeah, Garth is the gentleman that programmed that that and a slew of other amazing sample, uh, uh, you know, uh, software, that's hard to say, software for kind of surgical editing of samples and porting between multiple machines. That's what uh, Chicken Systems Translator really shines at. So Garth actually, he's been a friend of mine for years and years, he's a lovely, lovely, lovely man. And um, I just put a, a CF card reader on that mpc60 which is let me tell you that's a bit of an install more than you would think
0: yeah. and
1: that um you know garth i really want a way that not just i can sample into it but i can take some of my like kind of legacy drum machine sounds that i've recorded right out of the machines and might have you know done a bit of outboard compression or eq to, and put them in the mpc because my gosh i mean that that you know people talk about they talk about it with the s too, but the mpc60 That is a special sounding instrument i don't know what was going on in that time of like akai sampling but you talked about the attack transients there's something that machine it's no wonder like the hip-hop guys still love the mpc60 so much and it's immediacy too it's just it has a vibe so yeah garth made it possible that i could port a bunch of sounds to a cf card and I, i loaded it up but i actually like a lot of things too are not they're layered you know where i would uh sample a white noise blast out of but with a little a bit of uh you know resonance and a filter sweep uh, enveloping out of the geno 60 um and uh or the ax80 i did that there too i have an ax80 in the shop um and uh, was sampling a lot of percussion, making my own percussion, like we used to do. It's just like having fun. I'm, I'm so glad you, you said know? that because
0: I mean, the thing is, is you know, your, your kind of reputation was built almost on this kind of forensic uh, attention to detail when it came to programming and, and the way that you use DAWs, while everybody else was still kind of sequencing with MIDI and whatnot, you were kind of creating, doing all of that stuff in terms of editing samples and putting that on a grid. And this is sort of going back to almost the, that kind of vibe, but obviously using, using limited equipment palette
1: you're you're exactly right man i mean it was this is like you know part of my my friend um my friend patty and i were talking and she was like part of what's so special about this is it's you kind of like letting people in a little bit more she's like it feels really humble and intimate and i love that description i thought that was such a uh a a nice thing to say and like a nice way to say it it feels like that to me too because you're right i think that there have been times in um my career where i've hidden an important message behind a lot of polish if that makes sense all right and or, or what was an important message to me and and um and um and hopefully to others too or yeah i can think of some songs actually you know where and, and this is just like it doesn't have that kind of pretense. It's just it's very media. It's like you either like if you like music in that you're right, it definitely has kind of an 80s bent, but without being directly it's no, certainly it's not, not synth It's, not, it's, at all, it's not a, a
0: prestige, no.
1: Yeah. But if you if you like that, you know, you you'll you'll love this. Like if you like synth music, I think people will really love this record. So um it's just a it has a it has a spirit of uh exploration it's not trying to be some like oh this is deep house oh this is whatever style right. of music it's like just what it is it's you know what i mean it doesn't have a style it's like just me exploring and having fun you know
0: Excellent. Well, at this point, I'm, it's time for another crass commercial intervention, um, but I will come back because I've got some more questions about how it's sort of maybe melded together and uh, and, and, and more. So well, yeah. uh, let's just have a word from our friends over at uh, Modal. Of course, uh, so the Cobalt 8, innovative oscillator, uh, 8-voice extended virtual analogue synth. Innovative oscillator with... I think it's close to 40 algorithms now, maybe more. Morphable four pole ladder filter, 29 endless encoders for real time control, internal sequencer and arpeggiator, and MPC, MPE support for expression, and the modal app for Mac, Windows, iOS, Android, and VST3 AU. Check it out at bit.ly slash get underscore modal. Thanks again for their support. So, another question I had was, you know, when. When you you've made this, and then somehow it, you know the concept of the other stuff, you know the the, the bit that we began talking about, right. the kind of the di- the digital aspect, that presumably was furthest from your mind when you were making this. So how how does it how did you sort of mush them together, or was there a master plan?
1: No, it's it's, uh, it's such an awesome question, Nick. So so basically, really, there you know there were a couple different phases to this. But this record had such a unique feeling that I started to think about a lot. And um, and also too, and you know, Lacey and I were talking about a lot, like this music sounds like if a time period kept going, right? So for those of us that were there, I was a teenager, right? Um, you know, um, it, it's like we, we had, it was, everything was awesome. It was like synthesizers were actually cool. And then the real cool kids showed up in flannel shirts with guitars called Nirvana. And like, everybody was like, oh, I hate synthesizers. And it was like, it changed everything in popular culture, at least really changed direction. And people became de-incentivized in many ways to make synth music. And the resurgence of that happened differently. It was a different type of music is electron, what we now call electronic music or dance music, right? Um, yeah. And um and of course you know I mean I've been immersed in and I love that culture um you know since its inception right which was kind of a reaction to that '90s guitar thing but I thought it was really interesting what she was saying is like it this record felt like if the 80s kept
0: going right <laughs> like if you you may if you may is that it, i understand right, what, you know what you're mean? saying does that is that good does that sort of make you feel like you're kind of maybe you, you you know you know what i mean it's one of those things it's like oh yeah well done for flying the flag you you haven't changed a bit and nothing nothing of any note has happened creatively since then so s- stay to it um, <laughs> Another thing that I noticed also, I mean, by making it, pl- you know, the way that it's available to be played, at least via, mm-hmm. you know, my initial explorations is there's yep. no there's no way, I only just found the track ordering, there's no way to kind of rewind, fast forward and skip, you know, when you're listening to it, you kind of have to listen to the whole thing, which is, it's sort of an unexpected byproduct. as an artist. That's great because, I mean, as we know, you know, that Spotify supply lists and, you know, tons and tons of data about how far people got into your song before they skipped to the, Chorus or whatever it is, right. which is really depressing right. as a creative person. I'd it imagine is. to see that, you know, this you sort of have a, a certain amount of control over it, and in a way, you know, was that part of the thinking behind it, or is it just an unexpected benefit?
1: No, it really, it really was, Nick. And you know, just looping back to like one of your earlier questions about like what is, what does it mean, what does success mean? I can tell you exactly what it means for a project like this. You can say thank you on. The Twitter, literally, or you can right. comment on something on Instagram, or you can, you know, um, I, you know, you can send me a DM and you can say like, hey, man, I really enjoyed this. That it's like, and I'm having these conversations I never have when I release a body of music. That's so thrilling. Like I'm actually, people are like, oh, dude, I'm putting this on. I've listened to this. And we saw this one, this one girl posted a picture of now, mind you this thing lives on the blockchain again this is not on spotify it will be we will do that eventually we just kind of wanted to prove a point right um yeah. to say you can do this without it so but this so it's on the blockchain it's all the things right and um there's uh this girl posted a picture of it running on her tesla monitor this oh. freaking software engine running and i was like talk about the you know the 80s ending in a cool place where we actually yeah that's like Knight Rider, that surely yeah. <laughs> Night rider, exactly, dude. So I will plant that flag proudly. And it really does speak to the why and how the idea for the software engine and the the song sculptures came about. And it really was from some of these conversations with my wife Lacey about like this idea of music that kept going from the time period that you loved. And I said wow, I can really, when we started having these conversations, I was like, I can really visualize that. Like imagine this kind of post-apocalyptic world, but it has objects and things that are from like old world. And we started to have these conversations that were very visual. And immediately I started thinking about things like graphic novels. Right. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, how cool would it be if you like instead of doing you know some kind of you know beautiful um graphical piece or you do something that's like more a portrait of yourself right um what if we what if we did something crazy like this like has the look and feel of a graphic novel and so the the first person that i found to participate in this project's name eric Hel- helinquist he's one of um He's an incredible artist. He's a graphic novelist. Uh, did he uh, do
0: you? Did he do the 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 uh, virtual yes. version? So I was curious about this actually. So when he's when he's making your physique, shall we say? Can you uh-huh. kind of go? Can you just make this a bit? M- more presentable, shall we say, did, did you have a, did you have a, did you have an input into how good or bad various parts of your body might look in that imagery? So you can improve on yourself? I wish
1: I, <laughs> I wish I did. I wish I did, but I'm super happy with how, with how he did it. Of course there's artistic license. And, um, but you know, what's so cool is like for the, the clay, as it were, like for, you know, us in music world would be like our chords, our bass, our drums. Right. He LIDAR scanned my face. So they oh. used this crazy camera um, uh, called, I think, called Matterport. Uh, it's a wild camera. And they scanned my face, you, to, you know, um, uh, get a very detailed scan. And then he looked at other pictures of me from music videos and stuff. And then he made this crazy post-apocalyptic landscape. And immediately these things started clicking for me. Like, what if this whole album... Was in a software engine, and we didn't put it out. Yeah, so cool. Um, I have a cool story about that armor suit. I'll tell you one second. But you know, I had the thought, like, what if the entire thing was in a software engine, as opposed to, um, you know, as opposed to on a physical object or something that you stream, um, you know, from a DSP. And so, you know, um, it's it started this long path of how how can this be built and um got there in the end but I'll tell you what it was freaking like this was this this project was a heavy lift
0: for sure I can imagine although you know you did a bunch of the the the, the preliminary stuff I mean some of the tech stuff presumably was dealt with when you worked on Je- uh, Genesis uh, Jason mm-hmm. another question I have I mean obviously you're signed you have publishing how do they f- how do those how do those entities feel about you doing it this way cuz essentially you're just kind of going nope that's not for you that's that's a this is something else do you now have to make more music to fulfill those obligations as well or is this just you know a, a, this is a sort of a, a point at which you're going right well from now on this is how it's going to be
1: it's such a it's such a great question and not only do I, I have entities that i work with i have entities that i've worked with for long periods of time like um my you know my partners uh, at black hole arnie bink is literally one of our closest family friends and I can say to you, one of the most exciting things about doing things in this whole decentralized space is all the people around me want to know more about it. So they're highly encouraging of it. You know, for example, you know, Arnie and I are going to, a lot of like fans have been like, this is crazy. I don't understand it. Where do I go listen to the record? And so I'm like, just go to btmusic.com forward slash metaversal. It's free. You don't have to do anything just go there it's a free record for you right and so once they understand that they love it right but still some people are like hey i would love a cd of this or is it possible to have it on spotify so we'll do that with arnie and and um with black hole who we just absolutely like i said right so you have those you have those relationships
0: so 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 that those so i guess that comes back to the question you know or or brings it back to the kind of idea of nft and digital ownership those nfts are the digital entity which is the artwork plus the um plus the original audio but then how Mm -hmm. does how do the people that own that bought that and own that how does it reflect when you put it on spotify and there are royalties generated or is it a separate revenue stream that doesn't you know they don't get a piece of
1: that's such an awesome question and i i actually i'm gonna talk a little bit about a friend's project about blouse project because he's doing something that everybody needs to know about but to answer your question really simply it's a totally different thing right so the nfts themselves interestingly we paired the nfts um it's a 30 second loop of the song it's a perfect loop which trust was so hard to make out of some of these songs I was doing risers and reverses stuff so they play contiguously so it's designed for that piece of artwork and ours actually came bundled with a physical sculpture which makes them really unique and cool and they're going all over the world too there's 11 of them there's only 11 sculptures. They're going to different homes all over the world, from right. China ah, okay. to England, to California, different people got them all over the world. I'm gonna miss them. I keep like, I'm still walking past them because we haven't boxed them up yet, but we've had them in our house now for like three months. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm actually gonna miss these. So it's a different, a totally different thing, right? It's unrelated to the song, the mechanical, the the publishing, all these kind of things also too, I quickly want to just tell everybody about Blau's project royal which is a totally new thing so those of you that i'm sure there's a lot of electronic music fans here and a lot of people know who blau is but you should check out his project royal which imagine this it's taking a song and fractionalizing the ownership of the song to your fans so he's doing where like I think it's like half of the, uh, but it's defined by the artist, half or of the publishing of your song, you fans, and or, and they earn a part of the royalty stream. Ah,
0: okay. Because that's, that's what but I thought was kind of happening in a way. It's almost like, stuff. yeah, I because I was thinking um, that kind of makes sense because essentially, you know, then you would have, it's almost like you're selling the the digital rights, you know, or one could, depending on how, I mean, we, we spoke about this in the previous uh, thing about JSON, mm-hmm. if you want to check that, uh, the genesis.json, I've checked some of that, but the idea of this contract's baked in, so you could kind of go, well, here's my, fa- f- you know, 10, 12 tracks, a publishing company could go, well, I want to buy those, or, you know, a record company could do, or an individual, it, it, it democratises that process and takes it out of the hands of just the record industry, and they're effectively bidding on the rights to that material, you know, in perpetuity or however the you, you set it up. And that kind of makes sense because it's like it's almost like post crowdfunding, you know, if people but I mean that that works because you're you, you know, and you're not just some bloke who's made a four track in his garage and, and hasn't got the reputation yet. So there's a there's a there's a disparity in the way that it's available to everybody from that point of
1: view, I guess. I Nick and you know how much I love you. I'm gonna put on that a little bit, man. I'll tell you what, there are artists and musicians in the NFT community, I'm going to give somebody a shout out. His name is Pat Dimitri. Okay? He is a session guitarist. I so hope he sees this. He's a session guitarist. He's played with some good bands. He's the last 10 years. He's a ripping guitarist. He's gotten into the entire NFT culture. He's not some big name. He's a session guy. And let me tell you something. He told me privately. Okay. And and I think he shared things like this on Twitter spaces and on clubhouse. He said he's made more money in the last month than he's made in the last 10 years of touring from NFTs. This does not prioritize that have catalogs or big followings. People are interested in cool stuff here. They're interested in art. They're interested in cool music. It's wide open. I'm serious too. I'm talking about people that have like 200 Twitter followers, you know, uh, uh, six months later are, are, have quit their day job and are are doing this full time. It's, it's wide open. I'm telling you, it's, it's very, very, very exciting. This space for musicians.
0: Right. Okay. Well, no, I, but brilliant. I mean, that sounds great in terms of, I mean, there is, I suppose the thing is, 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 you know, we're brought up to think that if something is sounds too good to be true, it often is. So, you know, there is, there's obviously caveat emptor into this and it, you know, you've still got to come up with something that people want. It's not just like, Hey, I'm just going Definitely. to put my, my, you know, toenail clippings up and expect to make a fortune. You know, you need to have something of quality. So yeah, that, that makes For sense. Sure. Okay. Interesting. You're at,
1: You're absolutely right about that. And I think one of the, one of the um, fundamentally overlooking it, it I, actually it was to tell you something interesting because we've seen a lot of very high profile artists try to come into the blockchain space and do some big uh you know hyped nft drop and they have failed and there's actually a reason for that and the reason is it's a very small group of people and all the people are actually trying if someone comes in and it looks like they're there to do some kind of like cash grab you know especially we saw this actually eight months ago with a lot of the the electronic music guy they came in they did an nft drop some big high profile thing they got some love for it and they bounced they were gone right people do not like that at all in the space i don't like it they're very protective over these people these are innovators thought leaders that are doing Work and uplifting this whole community, and so, uh, that my interesting point to know for people in this is if you want to participate, you actually have to show up and participate. You need to get to know people, you need to see what's happening, you need to lift other people's projects up. And there's so much cool stuff to up and learn. It's like it's, I, I love it so much, Nick. I love it, like I love synthesizers, it's crazy, man. Interesting. I mean, in, in, in 10 years we won't be having uh, there won't even be it won't even be a conversation because it will be how people release things
0: right and that makes sense i mean i think you know the technology as, as we see with technology i mean it was interesting you talked about the tesla uh, with your album running on it. there was a story a friend of ours um guy who used to run the guitar channel on our site he uh, he's posted a video where there, there's a there's a tracks daw that runs on a tesla <laughs> and they basically put a bunch of people in the car and made a track you know in in the tracks so, so cool. but bizarrely it crashed <laughs> and they lost their work which was kind of a bit scary when you think these people are also devising like autonomous vehicles which run on software that's a little bit of a scary concept
1: right. but <laughs> right, exactly it's wild the time that we're living through man i mean you know we've talked a little bit on the show about machine learning and what that's too for the arts it's like we are living through this wild time period and i think for us as musicians just looping back to some of because it's a thing you hear a lot is in in uh decentralization called fud which stands for fear uncertainty and doubt right you hear a lot of fud around um you know, uh, the sort of carbon footprint and the, uh, the you know, environmental impacts and stuff. And like I said, in everything, right? In YouTube, we want to do better, not just in in blockchain, but it's important for people to know it's such a small thing. But the reason why, you asked me this before and I didn't answer it, the reason why that comes up a lot, I actually believe this in my heart of hearts, not as some conspiracy. I think it's a way to oppress artists. It's another way. This is a myth that is being propagated by the banking system and by people like record labels and saying, no, 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 don't look over there. There's nothing to see there and it's going to wreck the planet and it's this horrible thing for the environment. Come over here with us where we're going to charge you 87%. Um, You're going to make a 13% royalty and you're going to sign your next 12 albums to us. And when you put a dollar in the bank, we're going to lend her out to a thousand people. And if you need it out not not sure if you can it those people propagating that myth because as artists we're sensitive we're wired for things like that we feel protective over animals and the environment and you know, things that are defenseless. I certainly do. I know my yeah, artists do. I suppose so. I, I,
0: I, I, should, I should put a caveat. I mean, that you know, I, I try and keep away from conspiracy theory and whatnot, but I, t- I, get, I totally get your point. Interestingly, I mean, the other thing that's, I, th- I think the thing that people are frightened about technology because we're seeing it happen, you know, if mm-hmm. an algorithm changes, as a YouTube creator myself, if I, if I still keep, you know, I'm putting out the same stuff, I'm not reaching my audience anymore because an algorithm got, tweaked at the central point where the data is amalgamated so things can have a massive effect on on my work my distribution the audience I reach with just somebody adjusting you know some parameters within an algorithm and I suppose there's a certain amount of the, the sense that you know that's having a central point at which things are all latched onto. you kind of get the sense that you know we're open to those kind of abuses or those kind of difficulties I guess in the future
1: Oh, so, God, Nick, this is literally, I feel like we're having a blockchain therapy session. This is amazing. <laughs> okay, because you're bringing, I swear to God, you're bringing up things, you're bringing up things that the audience needs to hear. Please let give me 30 seconds, okay? okay? What you just said about an algorithm being changed, okay? Look what just happened with Instagram. They have, I actually know some inside stuff. I, I shouldn't say out loud and how I know it. They have deprioritized videos on Instagram by a quarter, okay? What do they, what do they want you doing? You work for Instagram, okay? Anybody here whose business is reliant on promoting things through Instagram, you are an employee of Instagram and guess what? They just changed your role. Your new role is to make reels. And if you don't like re if you don't like making reels, okay, prioritizing your content, you're welcome. They change, guess what Instagram is? a centralized system. Yeah, well, that's what true. What yeah. we are talking about are distributed, decentralized systems where there isn't a boss like Instagram. That's why Discord is incredible. You keep being censored, right? You, you, It is totally decentralized. Telegram is the same thing. Bitcoin is the same thing. So are these protocols. They are decentralized. There's not a person that gets to flip those levers. You can be your own protocol. If you want, you can be your own method and mechanic of distribution. Okay. Sermon ended. Like you're you're asking all the right questions, Nick. These are all the right concerns we should have there. That is, that doesn't exist in this space. There isn't a person behind the curtain that can flip the levers.
0: Right. Okay. Thank you. That sounds like you're I, I, I feel. Edu- I, love it. I feel educated. Like- <laughs> I feel educated. So what, what? So what? I mean, what's next? I mean, guess something like this. You know, has taken up so much of your headspace for so long. I mean, you said you're going to go off and uh, and and take a break. What? What about creatively? What's coming up next? I mean, are you going to be able to get out there and play, or are you working on more album stuff? I mean, what's next for you?
1: There, there's 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 a bunch of stuff a bunch of stuff coming up. So um, one of the things that I've been working on for the last three years. I'm still not able to talk about yet, but just by the length of time I've been working on it and the fact that it's orchestral, a lot of people will surmise what it is. That's gonna be announced over these sort of projects. I have to be very oblique about this. These sort of projects take a lot longer than scoring a film. It is a scoring project. I'm working with such an awesome team on that. So that's gonna see the light of day uh, next year, but I've got a ton more blockchain things coming up one that's actually going to go in a fine art um like a gallery sort of auction house uh-huh. place That's a collaboration with a physical artist without saying too much so um and uh yeah you know working on uh, dance music tracks with friends bunch of new software coming next year i'll be back here oh nick dude <laughs> you, man i like you don't understand some of the stuff software wise that's coming next year i'll tell you what too some of it ties into this where I see a real opportunity here, right? We're talking about art and music, right? Yeah. What about software? Right? Like, what about music technology? Like, wouldn't this be cool? Wouldn't it be cool if you had were rare that were for making music, you know, um, you know, Interesting. It, it's like it, vintage
0: it, vintage or, uh, yeah. Vintage software. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's big questions to ask here so yeah a lot of music software stuff tons of music production stuff um and i miss everybody a ton i've got i am i am freaked out to go out and do shows i'm going to be honest to you fully yeah. vaxxed but freaked out yeah. so um i've got i've got two booked my agent mike said the phone is blowing off the hook and so i think i'll probably do some more but i need to get my feet wet um with uh, one or two of them i want everybody to be safe to vent so um you know i'm watching that carefully but that's 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 what's
0: happening so uh, well just one final question because i mean you when whenever we speak to you you're very on you know you're switched on you're kind of really rev- raring to go what d- does it take you long to get <laughs> get get revved up or do you, you know how you go you must sleep presumably do you do you kind of chill out <laughs> and do you uh, do you wake up like this or do you kind of are you are you just I, infused generally i'm just do. curious.
1: Yeah i do it's my personality man i mean part of it is a, a good part of it is like you know we're really like and and not in some kind of like over overly way but we're like really clean living and like really conscious about what we put in our bodies conscious about resting we do sleep a good amount um and being hydrated working out all these kind of things so you, i have more energy because of it you know Right. Um, so uh that's a part of it but my my um my wife teases me. She's like, sometimes in the middle of the night, you'll talk in your sleep, like about math. And she jokes like in the morning, I'm just like ready to do equations, you know? So part of <laughs> it's my personality too, for sure. There's no question. I'm just, I was made that way. So. Excellent.
0: Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, you know, without that, you wouldn't be what you are and wouldn't be as creative as you are. And wouldn't be coming up with all of this stuff. So Thank you, DT. It's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for enlightening us and also telling us a little bit about the creative process and the music and all of those things. Those are also important. I think it's sometimes forgotten in the hype of new technology, right?
1: Yeah, man. It's my absolute pleasure, Nick. I think the world of what you guys do here, I think it's such an awesome active service to the music community keeping everybody hip on all the new stuff that's coming out it's overwhelming it's hard to keep track of and like I literally this again this is not blowing smoke like I literally look to you guys to hear it's like I talk to I look at one thing and I talk to one person I talk to vine I look at you guys to know what is cool and is happening so um, it's always fun to come on here and and talk with you guys and um, yeah it's great man I really really enjoy this I appreciate the thoughtful music question because I so many interviews around Metaversal, and literally no one has asked me music questions. I'm like, "Hey, the music's cool too." I swear, if you listen to it, you'll like it. Yeah, whatever. You know?
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna. Put, I'm just gonna uh, put put that up there again. That'll go in the chat at the right time. So there we go. And uh, also, thank you very much to uh, die Stanton for a little bit of extra um Have a pint, yes. Have a pint while they're still under a fiver, a bit of super chat. uh Thank you very much. Uh, so, BT, it's been a pleasure. um We will speak to you soon. I, I'm sure you'll have other stuff that we'll want to talk to you about very soon. The creative. Absolutely, man. Thank you very much.
1: Absolutely.
0: But that's it for this time. We'll see you all next time. I press the stop button. And uh, if you have supported us on Patreon, you will see your name fly past. See you later. Cheers. Bye bye now. Cheers, guys. Bye.